It's like 2 or 2.30. Hey, Deshaunna, I've been up since like 2, 2.30 this morning. Like, guys, man, talking to me since about that time. So I am up and wide awake. Um, as a matter of fact, my mug today says, be still and know that I am God. My t-shirt says, legally trapping. My boy Wiz over at Think Smart Apparel. This is his line and what legally trapping trapping is um, creating a legal hustle that you can leave or generational wealth that you can leave for generations to come. And so I'm going to challenge you a little bit this morning and ask you this question before we get started in um, today's lesson. We're continuing this thing on friendship. Uh, what are you leaving generationally? Like, what are you leaving for your children and your children's children? Not just um, this great inheritance of how you served God, but like, what are you leaving? What are you leaving generationally for the next generation? What wealth are you creating right now? Uh, and sometimes we've had such the mindset to just go to work right? And get a good job. And then we want our kids to go to college and get a good job. But that's not a generational legacy. That That's not. And so I'm going to challenge you this morning to look at your life and ask yourself, what am I leaving generationally? What does my legacy look like from a generational standpoint? And if you are not in a position where you're creating a generational legacy, then you need to pause and ask the Lord to show you how to create a generational legacy. What do you have that your kids can tap into? Because if you're building anything, it's not going to last, right? For like a hundred years, then you're not really building anything. Sorry, that's just the reality. We in kingdom. If we're going to live kingdom, we're going to talk kingdom, we're going to act kingdom, then we need to make sure at every capacity that we're studying and breathing kingdom. So what are you leaving? What are you leaving? generationally to your family for your children and your children's children and that's scriptural that that's scriptural so you got to pray and ask that this morning so let's get started i know i came with a good one a good deep one i was really in the mirror thinking about that when i put the t-shirt on i was like legally trapping creating creating a legal hustle that's for generations to come and are you doing that and you need to make sure that you're doing that good morning vanessa so my youtube well Good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We are YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Instagram Live. And later on, this podcast will hit Anchor, um, iTunes, Google Play, Podcaster, anywhere you think you might listen to podcasts. We are now available on podcasts. We, um, we were on Apple as of Friday. As a matter of fact, you can push your phone and say, hey, Siri. Let me listen to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha, and it'll bring up Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha for you. So that's it. Let's pray. Let's get started for today. Um, I love, uh, man, I love you guys. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word this day. I thank you for your peace this day. I thank you for your comfort this day. I thank you for how you uniquely designed us. I thank you, Lord God, for just 
just the, the promises of God are yes and amen. I thank you for brand new mercies. I thank you for revelational knowledge, Lord God. I thank you for insight and wisdom, Lord God, your glory and your peace, Father. I ask that you bless the people today, Lord God, that this word not fall on deaf ears, that it be implanted in their hearts so that they can go and multiply for kingdom alone. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You are my strength. You are my redeemer. You are my Lord. You are my everything in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Cassandra, I see you day alone. Um, yeah, Coach Rob, that's big. Generational wealth. What are you, what's your generational legacy? Ask yourself that this morning. And if you haven't been leaving, living or leaving a generational legacy for your children and your children's children, then start now. Start right now. You have plenty of time to start right now. So this morning, we're on this Jonathan and David thing. I started talking to you about friendships last week. And who uh, I'm saying woo because this is really sobering me. I thought I was a good friend. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm not a good friend, but after reading this and studying this, I am determined that I'm going to be an even better friend, be even a better friend because um, this, this, this is covenant. We got to learn covenant relationships and covenant friendships. We haven't been operating in a lot of covenant. We've been operating in a lot of worldly perspective of what friendships and love look like, looks like. And because we have been operating in a worldly perspective of what love and what friendships look like, we haven't been doing the kingdom or the body a great service, like a great service. Like I'm getting ready to send an apology out to all my friends, because if there's anything that I've ever done in their life that has kept them or not led them closer to Christ, then I'm out of order. Like I'm, I'm totally out of order. And so we haven't learned a lot about covenant relationships and the intensity of love that we're supposed to express towards each other. Um, we're, we're, we're flesh. Um, we sin, true that. Um, all of that occurs, but the reality becomes we have got to put ourselves in the position to understand covenant love, like covenant, not contractual. And I taught on that before. Contractual love, you can break the contract, you can break the the the, the agreement. Agreement, covenant love says, I declare that this is it, like a blood covenant. I declare like a marriage covenant. I declare like a friendship covenant. I declare that this is how we live. This is what I swear to you. This is how we're going to operate. And then that covenant type love just doesn't give up on someone no matter what. Just wouldn't give up on someone no matter what. That is cool. Savings for grandkids is cool, um, but it's got to be generational. How would they pass that forward? Savings is cool, but how will they pass that forward? I'm sorry if you just logging on. We were talking about generational legacy. So you want to know how can they pass that forward? You teach them to save, but you teach them to invest. You teach them to create wealth. That's generational legacy. That's generational wealth. So anyway, so covenant relationships are stronger relationships. And a lot of times we're missing out on these covenant or these secure and key relationships because one, we don't trust each other. This world has taught us not to trust each other. We've been through broken circumstances. We've been in broken relationships. We're not interested in trusting absolutely anybody else. And 
we're missing the opportunity to be what we need to be to the people who we're supposed to be. And that's why there's so many gaps in the kingdom. And that's why there's so many gaps in us. You can, I, I want to tell you something. There are divine relationships that are assigned to you. There are divine relationships that are assigned to you that are to help propel you into your de destiny. They're helped to accelerate you to your destiny. There are divine appointments and relationships. That's why one, you got to ask God about the people that you come in contact with. When you feel a pull or a draw or a connection to someone, you need to ask God. You need to pause. Won't spend enough time praying about those relationships. You need to pause and ask God about those relationships. What is this purpose, this person to me? Why am I feeling so connected to them? Why are they in my life? Why am I so drawn to them? Because there are so many facets of what you may, you're, you're so probably supposed to be to this person. And if you don't pull or pause enough to uh, see what this relationship is, you won't walk into the fullness of this relationship. Or if fear has set in because you've had other bad relationships, then you're suspicious. We're not supposed to be walking around suspicious. Um, you're um, conditionally loving based on how you feel. Um, all relationships ain't based on how you feel. Covenant isn't always because it feels good. Covenant is because it's covenant. And I trust God in the relationship. And I trust God if he sent this relationship to me in order for me to, um, to, to be a blessing to them or be a blessing to me. I trust God. I don't have to trust the person. I trust God. So uh, we learned last week, some of the true signs of, of relationships or healthy relationships or, uh, what real true friendships are, are unconditional love, unwavering support, willingness to challenge you and full of grace. Those are those four bases right there. So that right there within itself, we should be experiencing and having in relationships. And today I want to talk to you more about the characteristics of Christian relationships and look at these things between Jonathan and Saul. We're going to spend a couple of days on this because what, what I believe and what I know to be true of what the Lord is trying to do for us right there is resurrect our old thinking, our old funky process that we've had towards relationships that's been so damaging to kingdom. And I don't want you to get on here and think, oh, I'm a great friend. No, I want you to let the word of God resurrect and saturate your heart and see where you've been lacking in your friendships. Because can I, can I tell you something? Your friendship should really be the precedent in every relationship. These characteristics that we're going to see should be the precedent in how we treat our children, how we treat our spouses, how we act with our parents, right? How we act with our friends, how we act in dating. The intensity of the love that's expressed between Jonathan and David should be shown everywhere. It's funny because this same intense kind of love was there with Ruth and Naomi. That's why Ruth told her, man, let your people be my people, right? Your God is going to be my God. She was telling, she was telling Naomi, I'm going to love you through all these different conditions. What I'm not going back to is what I had, because I just don't believe what I had is better than what God is trying to show me with you. And that's what a covenant relationship says. It says, I'm going through this with you. I'm going to this. We're going to experience this together. And I'm just going to submit and yield to you. And Naomi's going to submit and yield to me. And so we see these things happen. Now, let me give you just a little bit, little bit, like a little bit 
Uh, thank you, Robert. Let me give you just a little bit of history here. I need you to understand the history here. Saul was king. Saul was king. Um, Saul had really upset God. Saul really was supposed to reign as king for generations, right? He was supposed to reign. He would have reigned as king forever. He reigned as king for 42 years. Then he did something that displeased God. And after he displeased God, that's why I'm grateful for Jesus. He did something to displease God. It took away his reign and kingdom. So his, 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 his ability to displease God and not repent, had he had a repentant heart, it would have changed everything. So his ability to displease God shifted the situation. What should have been was Jonathan should have been heir. Jonathan should have been heir. Jonathan should have been up next. However, when Saul, uh, when Saul displeases God, God has to shift. My God, God has to shift. That's what I tell people all the time. Don't take any relationship. Don't take any circumstance for granted. Don't be mighty, mighty and high on your horse, thinking everything around you, you connected to is a guarantee because if a shift can occur and God will raise another. A shift can occur and God will raise another. And so because Saul had displeased God, a shift occurred and God began to look for a man after his own heart. And this is how David gets in a line and appointed with King God. David loved David wasn't perfect. David didn't do everything according to order, but he loved God with all his own heart. And David had a repentant heart. So even when David did something he had absolutely no business doing. What he would do is turn around and repent, and then he would remind God of his blessing and where he's supposed to be. So that's the history right there between. So Jonathan really should have been, really should have been heir to the throne, but God is going to anoint and appoint David. He's going to anoint and appoint David to be heir to the throne. And Jonathan's love and commitment to David ain't got no hater in him. It ain't unwavering. It's loyalty. We talked about loyalty the other day. There's loyalty in there. Ecclesiastes 4 and 9 and 12 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. If you ain't got no good friends, I'm going to say this to you again. If you ain't got no healthy relationships, if you don't have anybody that's loving you at this level and that you loving at this level, you need to do a check for yourself. You need to do a check for yourself. Don't check the other person. Check yourself because if you're in Christ or you have a love for God um, or if you even feel the draw to God, you ought to have these levels of relationship in your life, an unwavering love, unconditional love, willingness to challenge you and full of grace. John 15 and 13 says, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. And I told you, you got to, can I tell you something? Laying down the life isn't necessarily that um, that you give up your physical life, right? Laying down the life could be what um, what my friend Jessica does for me on a daily basis. She gives up herself to make sure coffee and conversations, um, LMJ Ministries looks a certain way, operates in a excellence. She gives up herself for me daily. She gets up early daily to make sure I have what I need because she believes in what I'm doing. That's an unwavering 
That's the loyalty in a friendship. She does this daily. She rides this thing out with me daily. That's the thing. Yeah, you die to yourself for the person that you're supposed to be connected to. You die to yourself for the person that you're supposed to be connected to. That's what we're seeing. And that's what we're going to see between Jonathan and David. There's a death here. There's a spiritual bond here. There's a greater connection here that's fuller and more, man, it's more than anything. There's a greater love here. There's something that sacrifices. There's something in the relationship that sacrifices. You put yourself in a position to give up something for someone else. This can this goes in a marriage as well. I remember when my husband and I got married, he stopped something so I could start something. When you love and you're in covenant relationship, you're willing to give up something for yourself. There's something greater here that's nurtured and you're allowing the, the Holy Spirit to work and do a greater thing in you. So let's talk about some of these characteristics of what a Christian friendship should look like. One, you need shared hope in the gospel. You need some shared hope in the gospel. There's, there should be a commonality on you with Jesus in the middle of this relationship. God has got to be connected, even in your friendships. Even if you have friends that are not saved, uh, and God may be using you, there's still got to be a, a foundation of God in this relationship. He's got to be there. He's got to be there because the foundation of God has got to be there so the intensity of the love can be there. So there's got to be a foundation there. You also need somebody that's going to catch you. Jonathan was in position to catch David, right? He nurtured this spiritual relationship. First Samuel 18 and one tells us that there was a nurturing in the spiritual relationship and it was going to be necessary. If you will allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, you'll experience this type of connection. It's not odd. It's not weird. It's not suspect. It's not suspicious. It's, it's not any of these things. Don't resist the process. Don't resist the process of God knitting you to people. We, we keep falling away from that. God trying to draw us in. Somebody comes into life. You know they're there for a reason. You feel an intensity with this person. You feel like you just got to be connected to this person. You love this person with an intensity. That's God doing something. I'm going to tell you something. The enemy is not going to put you in any relationship that's going to benefit you. He just ain't going to do it. He's not. He's going to fight you from being connected, right? He's going to fight you from being connected. But the enemy ain't going to put you in a situation. He's not going to do it. He's not going to put you in a situation of a relationship that's going to bless you. He's not, as a matter of fact, he's not even interested in you having a relationship or a situation that's going to bless you. He wants you to fall into some of the same patterns of relationships that you've been falling in so that you won't move forward and be accelerated and reach your destiny. God has divine appointments for you. Jonathan was a divine appointment for David. He was a divine appointment for David. I'm not reading all the scripture. I want you to go get the scripture. Jonathan is a divine appointment for David. David is a divine appointment for Jonathan. So there's share hope in the gospel too. Also, there's got to be realistic expectations. You got to have realistic expectations of your friendship. Y'all know we sin. Y'all know we do jacked up stuff. And there's got to be realistic expectations that my friend might fail me. 
My friend might fail me. My friend might not do absolutely everything perfect. And so if my friend does not do everything perfect, then I have to be willing, no matter what, to reconcile this relationship. I got to be willing to reconcile this relationship. We don't want to operate in enough reconciliation. And then if someone violates us, for some reason, we tend to act like we don't have any sin. First John 1 and 8 says, says, if we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So even in the relationship, if your friendship gets violated, if you if there's some friendship violation in there, then we got to have this minute and this, this spirit of reconciliation to be able to restore each other and to work. God is not going to give you a relationship that's a lifetime relationship to end. That don't make no logical sense. Or God is not going to send someone in your life for a particular lifetime of your life. There's a good friend of mine. We, she and I were um, apart for some time. We didn't fall out. We just were apart. But when I talked to her lately, God has been restoring and putting people back in place in my life. And the people that are supposed to be in my life are divinely connected in my life. And one of the things that she said was, um, I knew that this was a lifetime relationship. Like I knew that this was a lifetime connection. Even if we were dying and Jonathan and David exemplify this, I knew that this was a lifetime connection. I knew that there was something greater in this than just a moment, than just a moment. And so there's gotta be some realistic expectations in these relationships. I'm gonna sin, I'm gonna mess up, I'm gonna do something jacked up, I'm gonna do something that's not going to be kind. I'm going to do something off center, but because you're my friend, I'm not letting this relationship go just because of some jacked up expectations. What I'm going to do is figure out how we can work this out, come to the table as some real grown people and push through these circumstances and these situations. We ain't supposed to just give up on people and give up on relationships like that. We ain't just supposed to be, we supposed to reconcile, learn to make master exes. Three, there's got to be a framework for forgiveness. You got, you cannot, I'm just being real, y'all. You cannot be a Christian friend, say you love Christ, say you love God, and not forgive people. You cannot do that. You cannot do it. Colossians 3, 12 and 13 says, put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has so forgiven you. As the Lord has so forgiven you, you cannot be in the position and not have a framework for forgiveness and call yourself a good friend. Can I tell you something? If you were not rehearsing it, if you nursing it, if you repeat the story, then you, you're already on a road to unforgiveness. And so if we're going to have these dynamic friendships and relationships, there's got to be a framework for forgiveness. There's got to be a method of how I forgive you and release. Because you flesh, you're going to do something to piss me off. You're going to do something to make me mad. You're going to do something to upset me. So one day ain't going to be a good day, right? One day ain't going to be a good day. And so on the day that is not a good day, on the day it's not a good day, there's got to be a framework or forgiveness. You've already you've already experienced the greatest forgiveness, which is Jesus. How dare you 
How dare you and your unrighteous or your haughty, prideful self sit around and think that you don't ever have to forgive someone? How, how dare you think that? How dare you think that? You better squash that. Forgiveness is an acceleration to your promotion and your favor. You better squash that mess. You better let that stuff go. You better release whoever that was. You better forgive them and make a decision. I'm not bringing it up. If it comes up again, forgive them all over again. But there's got to be a framework for for forgiveness. The next part to this, and this is the last one I'm going to give you today, is it's got to be a family commitment. You're not just friends, especially for those of us in the household of faith. You're also brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> you also brothers and sisters in Christ. And there's got to be a responsibility to each other. It's got to be a responsibility to each other. It's got to be a commitment. Like my love for you needs to be so intense that I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to be loyal to, to you. I'm going to not away. I'm going to wait. I'm going to go to war when you go to war. I'm going to be your problems, my problems, your issues, my issues. I'm committed to you. I'm not getting ready to sit up and let you just suffer on your own. I'm not going to sit up and let you just go through. I'm not getting ready to let you be in this thing by yourself. If I see a need in your life and I'm your friend and I'm really your friend, friend, I'm not getting ready to sit around and let you go through something by yourself. I, if I'm your true friend, I'll make some sacrifices to make sure you have what you need so that you can be excelled and accelerated into your destiny. I'll put, I'm willing to put my destiny on the line. I'm willing to put my destiny on the line in order for you to get what you need so that you can become all that you need. If we ever learn to live like this, if we ever learn to sacrifice for each other, we'll all be making the necessary sacrifices and we're all, we're all going to reach where we need to be. You're an accelerator to someone else. You're an accelerator. You're what someone else needs in their life right now. Someone needs you to get in the gap for them. Galatians 6 and 10 says, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. You are an accelerator. You are an accelerator to somebody else. Somebody else needs you. They waiting on you. I told you I wasn't going to give you. Let me give you one more. Here's the last one trustworthy discretion. You have a unique call to be discreet. You have a unique call to be discreet. Gossip is destructive and it's sinful. Gossip is destructive and it's sinful. So you have a unique call to be discreet. I should be able to privately struggle in front of you if I'm really your friend. I should be able to privately struggle in front of you and you treat me with modesty and care. I should be able to privately struggle. If you're if you have a certain conviction to you about sin, then when I'm falling or I'm messed up, you should be able to cover me and love because what was provided for me was already provided for me through Christ. It says whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. But he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. That's Proverbs 11. Yes, Danielle, we need someone to push our loved ones and their friends to their calling. Friends, I, I know that God is sending me into a season of this next season 
of being an accelerator for people I'm supposed to connect to. I'm going to lay some stuff down for people in this next season so that they can come and get to what they're supposed to get to. And I'm okay with that. I feel it in my spirit. I feel the Lord leading me to sow into some people around me so that they can reach what they need to. They're not going to get to it if I don't lay myself down for it. If I don't lay myself down for it, they're not going to be able to get to it. They're not going to be able to catch it. This is where if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. That's for Ecclesiastes 4 and 10. It's just some stuff we supposed to do. And sometimes we get in this grind and this hustle and we moving and we trying to get there. And God has us in the position to be a blessing to someone else. But we can't even get in the position to be a blessing. I said, I ain't making no sacrifices for nobody. I ain't making no sacrifice. I ain't giving up. Ain't nobody give up nothing for me. Ain't nobody sacrificed nothing for me. Ain't, ain't nobody did nothing for me. I had to get it all on my own. And since I had to get it all on my own, everybody else gonna get it on their own. They go, they gonna get come on. Everybody else gonna get it on their own. No, no, you ain't gonna get uh, on their own. Somebody needs you. Somebody is looking for you. Somebody is looking for you. Somebody needs you. Some of you need somebody else. You haven't even realized. You haven't even realized that there are people around you that are to be connected to you. That are to be, you just got to trust. You got to trust what's going on next. You got to trust. You got to trust what God is doing next. Accept these divine appointments so that you can walk into the fullness of what God is going to call you to be. The, the, the enemy don't want you having healthy relationships. He don't want you to experience the kind, the God, God kind of love here on earth. He's fighting there with everything in him. He's fighting there with everything in him. He don't want you to experience the God kind of love because he knows if you experience the God kind of love that you'll change the people you're connected to. And everybody comes becomes healthy and everybody's going to reach what they're supposed to reach. Everybody becomes healthy and everybody's going to reach what they're supposed to reach. So today we're going to pray for your relationships. That We're going to pray for those relationships. Good, Melissa. You need to realize you need someone else. We believe in God to heal your relationships. I'm believing God to heal and restore relationships. And then to bring y'all new relationships is kingdom. You are not supposed to do this. You're not all these struggles, these issues, this high stress, these high intensity schedules. You should have people in place that are going to do what they need to do for you so that you can do what you need to do for them. We're all interrelated, interconnected. If your relationships are struggling, it's because God isn't involved in this relationship. And we need to put get you in a position of learning how to pray for those relationships, be restored. Take ownership of your jacked upness. Take ownership of your jacked upness. And let's start working on having these healthy relationships. You are not going to reach your true maximum potential without the right people surrounding you. You're not going to do it. You're not going to reach your full maximum potential without the right people surrounding you. You're, you're not 
you're not going to do it. So you got to be able to give it and you got to be able to receive it. And you got to know if you're in a season on receiving it or if you're in a season on giving it. Are you a David in a friendship right now or are you a Jonathan? And I truly believe I'm called to be Jonathan in a couple people's lives connected to and right. But you got to understand. So start reading 1 Samuel 18, understanding the level of relationships between Jonathan and, and it, it was powerful. It was so powerful here. It was such a powerful love and intensely. Danielle said, we easily walk away from relationships with faults or mistakes occur that we ourselves sometimes are so guilty of. Yes, we'll walk away from the very thing that we've caused or do. We'll walk away from it. We'll turn away from somebody that we're supposed to be connected to because they didn't do one thing we liked. Or oh, they, ain't, they ain't do that. I ain't, I ain't like that. I ain't like how they said that. I ain't like how they did that. Um, they they shouldn't have talked to me like that. And then instead of uh, praying for those relationships and restoring those relationships, we just say to heck with it and keep on moving. And God is trying to divinely assign some people so you can accelerate and reach your destiny. So here's our prayer today. It says, Father in heaven, take ownership. I know I add fuel to the fire in my relationships because I have needs myself. I don't like to admit it, but I know it's true. Thank you that you see me as I truly am and that you still love me. Please help me to see myself honestly and to own my part in any conflict before I point my finger. Please give me insight into my own needs and give me patience as I encounter the needs of the ones I love. I need your help, Lord. Please guide me. I pray this in Jesus' name. I pray this in Jesus' name. I'm declaring and decreeing over you today divine appointments, assignments, and alignments and restoration to your relationships. Let the people that are supposed to come into your life help you and be what they need to be, what they need to be to you in this season so that you can reach your full maximum potential. Understand you've been burnt. Understand you've been overwhelmed. Understand that you've been through some things. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but it's time for you to get past that so that you can experience the fullness of what God wanted you to experience here on this earth, the God kind of love and the God kind of relationships. Well, that's it for today. That's it for today. I love y'all so much. Like I love you more than you know. You can catch this later on podcast, anchor.fm, just me and LMJ. Log on to the website, thekeishamjohnson.com. Get subscribed to our daily devotionals. I have a team of ladies that write and they have some amazing writings that will just help encourage you today. Follow me on Instagram at justbeinglmj.com. Um, sometimes I tell a different story on my Instagram. And let God use you today. You know what I'm getting ready to say? Do me a favor. You know, go be loved today. Let Be loved, not loved, not you get the love. Go be loved today. Let someone experience the love of God through you. Let someone experience. 
Lay down your life for someone today. Oh, LaShonda, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Let someone lay down their life. Lay down. Go be loved today and let someone experience experience that through you. I'll see you back here at 5 a.m. in the morning. We're going to continue talking about friendships and relationships. I'll see you back at 5 in the morning. Invite somebody else to come in. Love, peace, and blessings.